Well, good day and welcome to another episode here of the Disaster Podcast. Uh, This is 2024 starting off the year. And uh, this is a year 11, the beginning of year 11 for the Disaster Podcast, which is so exciting. And it wouldn't be the same without having my co-host Sam Bradley here. We've been together from the beginning. It's been an amazing ride. Uh, it's good to have you back for another year, Sam. At least, I hope. Who knows how long we'll keep doing this till we're very old and great. We have fun at it, and it's good information, and we've got good people on our team, including Dan DePodwin, who is here with us tonight, fortunately, because we're going to talk about weather, and he's the weather Uh, Dan, there's all kind of weirdness going on in the weather, especially for you guys on the East Coast. What's happening here? Yeah, Sam, it's uh, it's good to be here, and it's been a you know, it's been an, an interesting winter so far. I mean, December was, I think it was either the record warmest across the United States or one of the record warmest. I, I'm not sure the exact statistic, but it was a very, very warm month of December. And there was, uh, and, and the sort of news uh, story in the Northeast is that uh, not just in December, but really for almost two years in some places, there's not been over an inch of snow from uh, a singular snowstorm, like in New York and Philadelphia, for instance. And uh, while Philadelphia may miss out this coming weekend on a inch of snow, New York City's got a decent chance, and certainly Boston. A big winter storm coming to the Northeast um, this weekend, Saturday into Sunday, and it's going to bring a pretty good swath of 6 to 12 inches of snow, mostly in the interior, so northern New Jersey up into uh, New York State, a lot of New England, especially just west of Boston there into Massachusetts and some of the higher terrain there. So it's going to be a pretty pretty good snowstorm. Probably not like a top 10 event, but certainly a, a good one. And in many places, it's one of their biggest storms they will have seen in a year or so. Uh, so certainly winter has returned as we head into the start of 2024 here in the Northeast this weekend. So how about where you and Jamie are? How's that going to look this weekend? Yeah, I, I think we're going to get here in the middle of Pennsylvania where I'm at probably four to eight inches of snow. So it's a good good taste of winter. We haven't really had much snow this year so far. It's I mean, we've had... Um, all sorts of mild weather and tons of rain in December too. It's been a pretty wet December in a lot of these places. I think Jamie, down by you, you're uh, what? Uh, are you south of DC? I always forget exactly. I'm, where you're I'm going down up there. just south of Philly. We're gonna look. They're saying maybe an inch or two on Saturday, and then turning the rain and yep. kind of melting everything away pretty quickly. So yeah, the, yeah. The best chances of, of any snow from like Philadelphia down to DC, if you're like right along I-95, there would be. Um, during Saturday before it changes over to rain. But north and west of I-95, it's going to be a pretty sharp gradient between an inch or two and maybe, you know, six to 10 inches. So, you know, places like Frederick, Maryland, up to Harrisburg and Allentown and the Poconos, that's where you're going to start getting to higher snow totals. And especially then the Poconos, Catskills, and into southern New England, where the highest uh, snow is, the, the heaviest snow is expected. Well, actually, weather's been teasing us with snow coming. And if we don't get it, <laughs> get any my roommate's going to be very upset because he keeps waiting for it so (laughs) are we getting any snow down yeah yeah out in uh the west here you know it's it's been a you know same we were talking about earlier beforehand it's it's not been a not been that snowy a stretch recently um out in the colorado rockies for instance although I, i did see some stats that that places in utah had a pretty good um snow season so far uh there could be a brief period of snow overnight there in the denver area thursday night to friday but not a big storm by any means that's for sure 
Um, really, I think though later, as we head in later in the month of January, there's definitely some opportunities. Uh, it looks like a just an overall a lot colder of a weather pattern, um, more snow opportunities across the United States as we had later in the month of January, certainly a different pattern than, than we saw in December where most places were just warm. In fact, I mean, places like in North Dakota had no, very little snow, which is very unusual for them in December. Um, although out in Colorado, San where you are, it's a, I think the snowiest month out there is March. So still plenty of winter to go. Yeah. They, they teased us with a white Christmas, but that didn't happen either. <laughs> so, well, what about the rest of the nation? Anything going on in the west part of the country? Or? Yeah, so I, I think something else to keep in mind here over the coming week or so. So we're talking about this northeastern uh, United States winter storm. It's mostly a snow event. Not It's not a big wind maker. It's going to be gusty along the coast, some rain along the coast too, but mostly it's a, a, a interior snowstorm. We, uh Farther west, we're going to sort of like along the west coast, it's it's pretty quiet here as we head into the weekend, some rain and just some mountain snow. Um, the next storm, though, comes into the west over the weekend and then moves into the into the Rockies. And that's going to be a pretty big storm uh, come Monday and Tuesday of next week. So if you're in pl- if you're in the plains, if you're in like, uh, Kansas and Oklahoma, down to Texas and even down to the Gulf Coast, a lot of impactful weather expected Monday and Tuesday. Couldn't this, the storm probably is going to bring a whole bunch of. Uh, types of impactful weather from severe thunderstorms like Houston, New Orleans, along the Gulf Coast there on Monday. Um, could be blizzard conditions in parts of the central plains like Kansas up into Iowa and maybe even close to Chicago come Tuesday. So uh, it's definitely a, a very uh, potent storm to start next week, the first half of the week, and a lot of rain in the east. And something we're going to be concerned about is rain. Anytime you have rain after snow, You've already got snow on the ground. There's liquid on the ground. You have a significant uh, risk of, of flooding. So we're concerned about some flooding in places that are going to get the snow this weekend, like in places like New- upstate New York, parts of Massachusetts, Connecticut. They could get an inch or two of rain on Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, and that can cause some significant flooding issues. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on that as we head into next week. Oh, okay. All sorts of things to talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things Jamie and I talked about talking about um, was, you know, kind of our annual winter preparedness mm-hmm. and things we might want to remind people of. And there's they're kind of different categories here, your home, your car, uh, just basic survival supplies and that kind of thing. Um, and I know Jamie's got some stuff that he worked up to. Well, let's start out with the home. I mean, obviously, you need to have heat and blankets and so forth. But what happens if the heat goes out? What happens if the electricity goes out? And we're not suggesting everybody run out and get a, you know, a backup generator, although that might be a good idea. But just things like flashlights and know where your first aid kits are, know where your uh, go bag is if you have to leave, that kind of thing. What else can you think of that? Yeah, those are certainly all really good tips. Obviously, if you if you if you have a generator or you're thinking about getting a generator, please make sure you know how to install it correctly. Uh, make sure you have a carbon monoxide detector. It's important because carbon because if you have a generator and in, that's installed incorrectly or it's producing some type of exhaust, you could end up having carbon monoxide poisoning, which is very dangerous. Obviously, so please make sure it's installed correctly if you do have a a, uh, a generator. Good idea if you can if, if if that's something that's an option for you and you can install one. Um, definitely. Um, Obviously, if you have a fireplace, having wood is great for fires to keep your house warm in case you do lose the heat. Obviously, make sure if you have, if you have a fireplace that you haven't used in a while, make sure that it's ready to be used and 
you can open your flue in your chimney or your, your, your chimney is not you know in bad shape. All sorts of things to make sure you do before winter season. If you have a fireplace, for instance, you haven't used in a while, it's not always great to just throw some wood in for the first time in a few years and see what happens. So trying to do these things ahead of time is always a good, a good, uh, good tip. Well, yeah, Jamie. Oh, the, all that's good stuff. And you know, we we talked, you know, talk about carbon monoxide poisoning risk and things all the time uh, when storms present and people break out the generators. You know, um, for the portable generators, they should always be operated outside, away from the home. That means not inside the garage with the door open. It means outside of the, the the building entirely with plenty of ventilation around it. Um, we also uh, need to be aware of uh, some things to plan ahead of time for the home. Um, if you have time, you know, additional weather stripping and things like that around the windows and doors will help maintain whatever heat you have in the house should you lose power and don't have the ability to generate heat. So do it, taking the advantage of, of, you know, doing some additional caulking, um, some additional weather stripping and things like that around the openings in your home can go a long way to keeping it warmer, longer, and more efficiently throughout the winter time. Dan, you got something to add? Yeah, two things. One is, you know, obviously we've talked about people. Make sure you're taking care of your pets as well. If you have pets that are indoor, outdoor, it can get obviously depending on the certain type of winter weather situation. If it can get very cold. Um, even pets, you know, even if they're outdoor in the winter, sometimes it's it sometimes too, you know, it is such a thing as, as too cold to so make sure you try to keep them warm. If that's uh, something that's at, at risk for them. Um, and then the other one obviously is if you're, if you, if you have a lot of snowfall and especially heavy, wet snow, which in some places in the Northeast this weekend, we do expect, uh, you could have 12 to 14 inches in some spots of, of pretty wet snow, and that can be very heavy to shovel. So obviously take your time shoveling, um, and, uh, don't overheat, and obviously, uh, there. Un- unfortunately, there's there there's more uh, reports of heart attacks uh, when shoveling because of obviously the exertion it takes to shovel, especially heavy wet snow. Good point. Um, speaking of older people, um, make sure you have meds available and maybe extra ones if you end up getting snowed in somewhere. Um, you know things like extra eyeglasses and boots and things like that. Um, you know, think ahead, food for your animals and food for yourselves. Uh, they recommend things, obviously, that don't need to be refrigerated, like canned fruits and vegetables and crackers and some soups and things with sugar because you need, you need a little sugar and bread. And another good thing is uh, MREs. They don't taste as awful as they used to, and they have their own heater. So you can find these companies that sell these disaster foods, and they actually last for a really long time. And of course, water. Um, is it still recommended, Jamie, that you fill your bathtub with water in case your water goes off? Um, yeah, that's what that's one of the recommendations here, and it's not just for hurricane season. It can be for any time of the year when you expect a storm and an extended power outage. Um, if only to, to be able to flush the toilets. Um, you know, um, a half a bucket full of water can can flush the toilet poured in after whatever you've done that needs flushing. So um, you don't have to, you, you know, keep your keep the sanitary situation clean as possible in your home for as long as possible. And of course, you also have that water there to um, use to drink as needed um, if you need to boil it again or whatever for maintaining it. Um, we have several tubs around the house that we use to, to keep water in, in storm conditions. 
um, because we're on a well and we lose power, we lose water. So we have to be careful of that kind of thing. Yeah, another thing to think about if you're on a well. Well, I always think about cars because I drive a lot for my business. And uh, you need, like you said earlier, I think, Jamie, you need to plan ahead. You need to have uh, your fluid levels checked and your battery checked. You don't want that running out. Make sure you have de-icing wash uh, wash They even recommend switching to synthetic oil, which I hadn't heard about, but apparently it handles the cold better. Make sure you got the right tires, uh, chains if you don't have a four-wheel drive. Make sure all your lights are working and have, this is the most important part, ta-da, have a, a winter survival kit in your car because there's always that outside chance you might get stuck somewhere. And actually, what what was the recent storm, Dan, where a whole lot of people did get stuck and they found people after five or six days that we've got that heavy snow the last time? Well, I mean, there's definitely a variety of uh, unfortunate examples of that, Sam. I think the one that, uh, not this year that comes to mind, but a couple of years ago was, it was probably January, was it January of 2020? Either 2021 Buffalo, or 2022. Well, it was, it was Buffalo, Buffalo last year. Yes. That was it. That yeah. Was it. yeah, certainly Buffalo. There's one in Virginia too. I was thinking of from a couple of years ago down in just south of DC. There was a uh, six to ten inch snowstorm fell really quickly, and the roads just turned to sheets of ice, and everyone was on the roads, and it was it was a terrible thing oh, too. But obviously, yeah. the 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 Buffalo example from last just before last Christmas was a really tragic situation as well. So it can become very impossible. You know, it, it can become impossible to travel in some of these situations because of how fast the snow falls. Um, and if there's a lot of people on the roads, it can be uh, a real mess, and people can be stuck for for days in, in some situations. Yeah, it's weird to be talking about that as last year. <laughs> uh, Jamie, did you have some more thoughts? Yeah, I, I, one of the things I think we can be aware of is is the nomenclature around the different uh, uh, warnings and things we get. Um, Dan, can you go through the difference between a, a weather advisory, a winter weather advisory, a winter storm watch, and a winter storm warning? What What is their level of risk associated with each type of um, notification we get, and how do we keep straight which one's which? Yeah, so the National Weather Service, the uh, official public uh, warning authority in the United States, issues a variety of different uh, alerts for different weather hazards in, in winter. You typically see those three, as you mentioned, Jamie. So the winter storm watch is usually something that's issued about a 36 hours to 48 hours in advance of a significant winter storm. And it's giving people a heads up that, hey, there's there's likely to be uh, pretty significant winter weather, could be ice, could be snow. And the, the uh, you know, t- and it's it, it does depend on where you, it's sort of tiered based on where you live and play like the criteria is different in different parts of the country because different people are more prone or, or more used to winter weather than other parts of the country. Right. So um, if you have a winter storm watch issued for your area, certainly, you know, pay attention to the weather, know that there there's likely to be impactful winter weather in the, in the coming days. And then that winter storm watch can be, can be upgraded to a winter storm warning as you get closer to the event. That usually is done about 24 hours or so prior to the, the uh, storm beginning, um, and that is more specific and it tells you more information about what is expected. And then sometimes a winter weather advisory can be issued um, after a winter storm watch if maybe the threat is not as e- extreme or is expected to not be as impactful. 
All, uh, but winter weather advisories can also be issued sort of as a standalone um, product, uh, standalone advisory uh, that can be issued perhaps like uh, 12 hours in advance of some lesser impact, uh, maybe, you know, an inch or two of snow in the middle of Pennsylvania uh, that could impact the morning commute type thing that might warrant a, a winter weather advisory, whereas a six to 10 inch snowstorm would, would warrant a winter storm watch followed by a winter storm warning. So all three, a watch, a warning or advisory are certain, certainly, um, things to pay attention to, and then read what the impacts are from each of those. And in addition to that, having a, a weather app on your phone, I'll just subtly pitch AccuWeather, uh, but there's many different good ones out there, uh, not just the pre-installed ones, but AccuWeather and others that, that really provide good information, um, you know, specific hourly forecasts, um, other, you know, different uh, news stories, trying to provide more context around what you can expect at your location is certainly a good way to sort of supplement the National Weather Service official warnings, which are obviously very valuable um, as well. That wasn't too subtle, man. No, not subtle at all. It, it, but it's, 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 it's important thing. to know that. And I do like my, my AccuWeather app because it does give me those extra news items and things that, that do, like you say, provide context to what to expect from the storm. And I do appreciate those. So, and, and, um, you know, but whatever app you use, it's important to have something that's going to provide you those important notifications ahead of time. Pay attention to it. Doesn't do you any good to have the app if you don't look at it. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, And there's more information provided now ahead of time than there ever has been before. I think part of the challenge is honestly waiting for some of the, information that's honestly in many cases not very good have a trusted source is another good tip right have a, a local tv meteorologist have an app you trust um use national weather service you know there's a variety of ways you can get re- good information ahead of a storm versus just talking to someone on the street um so definitely try to have a trusted source of information to be able to uh, have good good information ahead of a storm so you can make the right decision well and if it says maybe you don't want to go out there maybe you don't want to go out there um you know, is it worth risking your life to get wherever you, you want to go to Best Buy or something, you know? So pay attention to that. But getting back to the car, what do you want in it? And I have every one of these things. A good flashlight, a first aid kit. They make these small snow shovels for cars. Certainly an ice scraper, extra blankets, or even a sleeping bag, or the, uh, they call them, Jamie, the rescue blankets. Um, Aluminum kind of ones. Yeah, the Mylar um, plastic Mylar, ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because those don't take any space, but they certainly work if you need them. Non-perishable foods, certainly water. Uh, booster cables is good because batteries sometimes go south um, during a storm. Having extra clothing, I carry different levels of, of gloves and hats and, and things like that, depending on what the weather is and it's more likely to be. Um, some people recommend sand or kitty litter in case you need to try and get, you know, your wheels get stuck, but that might give you enough to get out of there. Certainly your cell phone, keep it charged. Um, they recommend flares and triangles and stuff. I have one of those, you see them on TV all the time. One of those, you could stick it on your car and it just, it's, it's like a, a round beacon where it has a lot of light going out of it. So if somebody has to find you in a snowbank, they're more likely to be able to do that. So I've had one of those for many years, although I've never had one. Any other thoughts on that, Jeremy? 
I think Dan had a comment, so why don't we see what Dan has to oh, offer? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. From a driving standpoint, since we're talking about safety in vehicles during winter situations, I think you know, in in the winter weather that's coming up here, um, most of these places that are going to experience snow have are you know are pretty used to dealing with snow. However, not necessarily recently. Um, some places that are going to get snow this weekend have not seen snow. I mean, in some places it's the first of the year. In some places it's the first accumulating snow in almost two years. Um, so there's definitely some, you know, lack of recency in terms of being, of knowing sort of the conditions and how to approach driving in snow. So um, definitely important to take more time. Obviously snow reduces um, friction. So you have less, you know, you may have less grip on the pavement uh, from your car. So it's definitely, it can be slick. And you definitely want to reduce speeds, especially, and, and, and the visibility can be reduced as well, uh, especially in, in, in heavy snow. And while road crews do their best to keep up with some of this, um, when you have snow falling at an inch per hour, it's impossible really for road crews to keep up with that at, at that point. So there's really not much they can do. So if you don't have to travel, don't travel. And obviously try to give yourself more time and try to get into the headspace of driving in snow or ice, because again, it hasn't happened that much. And in some places in the country where we don't get a lot of snow, um, that's, we, we see that, uh, you know, sort of issue magnified a bit because people are just not used to it. And it is, and it, it is a different driving experience. And one of the things well, to keep track of is, is do you really even need to go out? So making sure, you know, call the airport, call your airline, check your resources online to find out is your flight canceled. So you don't need to go to the airport that day. Um, are, are there other cancellations for another event you might be traveling to, where uh, you're not, you don't have to go out. In which case, don't you know? Don't don't just drive um, without checking first. Uh, it's important to be informed for all of all the things you have planned for the day during winter time, and uh, be available to uh, be be flexible enough to change your plans. Amen. And you know, like Dan was saying, you know, have a good app on your phone, but there's also local things you can sign up for uh, that they will send you something out on your phone if there's some kind of emergency. That's another thing. Um, we, we haven't talked for a while, Jamie, about family planning. And with, you know, regardless of whatever disaster may be in your area, having a plan for the family and, and practicing that is really critical. Um, kids will get freaked out and, and cry and create chaos. But if you give them a job to do, like your job if a tornado's coming is to go get the dog, then they are focused on that task and everything's going to go a lot smoother. So there's a lot to be said here. Um, we didn't talk about money. Having some extra money is always a good thing because you may not be able to use a credit card or and have your have gas in your car. That's another thing we didn't mention. Um, practice those emergency drills with your family and have a communication plan if you end up getting separated. Um, who's a who's another party we can call that's maybe even out of state that won't be affected by phones down and so forth. And have doc if you have important documents um, that. I mean, if it's a bad enough storm, you're afraid something's going to happen to your house, make sure you have copies of that with you. Um, that's just a partial list here. But, Dan, you want to add to that list? Oh, I think that's a good list, Sam. Um, I'm not sure I've got anything else. Actually, that's a very comprehensive list. Um, I guess not necessarily on that list, but just, just I think generally in terms of 
we've talked a lot about snow and, and ice, but also from a cold standpoint, you know, we're in winter, obviously, and if you're going to be out for a long period of time, or even when, if you do lose power and you don't have heat, or if you're in a car for a long period of time, obviously understand the the um, symptoms and signs of frostbite, hypothermia, yes. uh, frostbite from a uh, you know a hand standpoint, you know, or, or extremities and loss of feeling and toes or fingers, and then hypothermia, a pretty serious situation with where body temperature gets unusually low and just and that can cause obviously significant impacts and having the different things we've talked about can per help prevent those types of situations from from occurring. And yes, and have dry socks. Dan, I have a question yes. for you. The difference between the actual temperature and the wind chill. I've I've had people say to me, well, wind chill is just something they make up to, you know, to, to make it feel like it's colder outside so that you, you know, something else to warn people about, but it's not real. But but wind chill's a thing and can have a real effect on people's ability to stay warm, right? That's a hundred percent correct. I've seen this a couple of times recently too, and I get very upset about it. Wind chill is not made up. <laughs> it is it is not a fake thing. It is how scientifically how the human body loses heat and the rate of the heat loss. Um, and how that is changed by wind against exposed skin. Um, and it's not just humans, it's also animals. It does not, and I think it's sort of what people get, maybe get confused is that it does not impact inanimate objects like cars and things like that. Like the temperature is a temperature for cars and things like that. But for animals and humans, um, the rate of heat loss um, can be significantly increased as the wind increases. Um, it pulls heat away from the body and, you know, temperature then falls. Um, and it, it basically pulls heat away from your skin and therefore you continue to lose heat at a faster rate, um, because the wind is pulling the heat away because the air is moving faster. So it's pulling heat away from your skin. Um, and wind chills, um, you know, there's a good chart from the national weather service about wind chills and what different wind chills do in terms of how fast you can get frostbite, uh, from those wind chills, uh, in just, you know, if you have wind chills in the teens or single digits, even you can get frostbite in 30 minutes if you don't have it, if you don't have gloves um, on, for instance. And as you head down into the you know, negative teens or negative 20s, you can get frostbite in just, you know, 10 to 20 minutes. Um, so it's, it's really quite, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's an important thing to know. Uh, it's in most apps it's talked about on your local tv stations um it's, it's definitely an important piece of that you know so wind combined with cold is really the most dangerous situation to be out in and the national weather service has a wind chill calculator on their wind chill yes. page so you can actually calculate the air temperature and the wind speed and they'll tell you what the wind chill temperature is so um there you know it's not like Dan said, it's not fake and it can really make a difference. And as someone who's treated patients with um, hypothermia due to being exposed in winter weather, uh, it, it is significant and has a major effect on people's ability to survive all sorts of things. Even relatively minor trauma can be much more severe uh, because of the body's inability to keep itself warm. So something to be aware of. Uh Absolutely. Anybody that's worked ski patrol, like myself and Kyle, <laughs> windshield is not our friend. I mean, it's cold enough up there without that, and you can get some significant wind up in the mountains. And we do down here, too. But one other factoid I found is that 63% of temperature-related deaths are attributable to cold exposure. So everything Dan and Jamie just said 
take to heart because it makes a difference. Um, that's about all I got, guys. Do um, we can do a kind of a wrap up here, Dan? Any other thoughts you have on what we're talking about? I think just generally, as we you know think about the winter here, you know, we're only in the beginning of January, and and we didn't have really much winter weather in most of the nation during December. So it can, you sort of, you may be able to be sort of lulled into a false sense of security here. It looks just looking at some of the longer range um, weather pattern stuff. It seems like it's going to get significantly more wintry across a lot of the country here in the second half of Feb, uh, January into February. Uh, that's what I know we, our long range team at active has been talking about for a while. And it seems like it's going to be, that's certainly going to be the case. So plenty of winter weather coming. So it's important to, uh, Think about what your plans are in different situations, not just snow, but ice, because ice can cause a lot of power outages. And also just cold weather. Forget precipitation for a minute. If it's cold, that can also cause problems with pipes and things like that. We didn't really cover that, but that's another important uh, thing to keep in mind, especially in the, in the southern United States where it doesn't get as cold as often. Um, and you can have temperatures below freezing at night in places like Houston or along the Gulf Coast, and you can have issues with pipes freezing. So there's different different mitigation methods for that. like um, you know, just being aware of that and, and, uh, taking that into account as well. So I think all those things are good to keep in mind here as we head through the next, you know, the heart of winter. Well, I, I remember vaguely that because of our friend Kevin down there, but, um, Texas took a big hit on, uh, cold and snow. I think it was probably the end of 2022, but you know, they're not used to it. They don't know how to try that. You certainly don't know, you know, that they're not stocked up with hats and gloves and stuff. So, you know, what do you do? Um, Jamie, back to you. Well, I just, you know, I just will reiterate, uh, make sure you don't, if you don't have to go out in winter weather, don't go out in winter weather. Stay home, stay warm, uh, stay with your loved ones and know before you go if you do have to go out. So uh, that's it for me. I do want to thank uh, Dr. Joe, who couldn't be with us tonight, and the folks over at Paragon Medical Education Group for sponsoring the Disaster Podcast and into our 11th year. Uh, definitely check them out at uh, paragonmedicalgroup.com and, of course, Paragon Medical Education Group on Facebook, and there's links in all the show notes episodes so uh, follow up with them. Check out some of the amazing training exercises and training customizable training um, situations that they can bring into your system to help you be prepared for disaster in your community. And uh, thanks for them supporting the show. Um, Dan, where can folks find you and find out what's going on? I'm on uh, Twitter at WXDepo, D-E-P-O, and also in the Disaster Podcast Facebook group. Excellent. And Sam? Yes, those places as well as other social medias under Sam Bradley, Sam Bradley 11. What about you, Jenny? Uh, you can find me under the handle Podmedic in most social media locations. So please friend or follow me there. And uh, always uh, over at disasterpodcast.com. Don't forget you can subscribe to the show. There are links to do so below the audio player on every episode page at disasterpodcast.com. Uh, you can subscribe using your favorite mobile device, uh, even by email if you want. And you will make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. I'm looking forward to what we have to bring you in our 11th year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Indeed, we have a lot of interesting guests. Uh, some of our friends from the UK are going to join us, and we have some authors coming on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, what, what else could the tagline be tonight except be prepared? <laughs>